We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report. With Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in Max's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Everybody, to another edition of the Rock Pile Report podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. Iman Azizi, Q42 Barbecue here in the in house with us again tonight. And uh, Iman, we're talking off airs. We were getting ready to ramp this thing up. Yep. Uh, not. You said it was Office Space esque. Naheem Hines. Yeah. If I say it that slowly, I can pronounce it correctly. Make it elementary school where you stretch it out. But literally, I just said his name wrong at least 18 times yeah. in a 10 minute window. You know, the last time I was here, that happened four times with Nate Geary. <laughs> uh, with Nate Geary. <laughs> with Nate Geary. What, what else, Chris? Uh, I, I, what did you say yourself? Call yourself uh, Crispin. Crispin. Crispin Kruger. <laughs> It's Nabe Geary, Kristen Kr- Crispin Kruger, and this has been your Rock Club Report. Oh, Torrance Cyrus. Oh, Torrance Cyrus. <laughs> now, I wasn't quite that bad, but I will tell you, I something happens. I really do turn into a, like with, with players that I'm not used to saying their name reflexively, I do turn into a mushmouth hack of a podcaster. It's hilarious. Although some some might say that's just my natural state. Yeah. I feel like we're we're on the tipping point here. We got about thirty minutes. Until, yeah, until but, but, let's get to the facts. Well, this is you got watered down drinks in front of you. Yeah, Chris is mad because I we, knew that was bothering. Well, you. because he has pebble ice. First of all, don't use pebble ice. That's There's nonsense. no that's not pebble ice. So, folks, I'm holding a cocktail. You guys on the YouTube can see it. There's but he used skewers. Like he used a skewer with a pearl on top of it. There's fruit in here. Iman, what do you think by smell? The orange is kind of covering covering up. up whatever's in there. Yeah. All right, we just plunge in. Hey, cheers. Clink. 
Okay. So the color of this drink says bourbon. That tastes, though, like what is that? Simple syrup. There's a syrup in there. There's a syrup masking it. And if I take this off the top just to kind of give me a... I still can't get a smell off of it, even without the orange. But it's it's pleasant. Like, it's not overpowering. It's not overly nutty. It's, it's old. It's old-fashioned-esque. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's adjacent to a whiskey cocktail. And, Chris, what, what do I have here? This is recommended by Brett Coleman, I think, the last time we had him on. It's a Wisconsin old-fashioned. And what it does that mean? Simple syrup, ango bitters, muddled with a orange wheel and a Luxardo cherry until it's like a paste. And then you put crushed ice on it. Okay. Not pebble ice, because you can tell by looking. I, I, you even have your glasses on. You can tell by looking at it. I, the ice is all different it, sizes. That it, means it's crushed. Iman, and then I'm supposed to know the difference. Spirit, well, I mean, if you can't tell the difference between pebble ice and crushed ice, you have a real problem. But your main spirit is brandy. Brandy? That's, brandy. What's, that's what they use in Wisconsin. Why is that? They have a shortage of Germans. Oh. Germans. Okay. Okay. Germans. All right. Well, here's what I know. This cocktail is pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> I wasn't expecting this. It's a, it's it's a little bit. You've been going with like fruit forward drinks. Well, it is the summer. This is a little more. I, I almost feel like the brandy kind of gets evened out by the orange. Yeah, I wish there was a bratwurst on here. <laughs> Dude, dip into here. Nothing makes me angrier. Now, Chris, cocktail snob. Yep. Iman, you're a drinker. Yep. If I order a Bloody Mary, God help you if you show up with a skewer that has nine pounds of bullshit on it. I'll fight you. <laughs> All I wanted was a Bloody Mary. Right? Like, I'm not trying to be... Like, we're not trying to do anything crazy here. Bring me a Bloody Mary. What is this fascination with putting food on a skewer and putting it in my cocktail? Because it, it's brunch. It's, it's brunch in a glass? I don't need that. That's the that's the Listen, theory. Brunch isn't for drinkers. In fact, I'd even argue lunch and dinner aren't really for drinkers. People who drink, my fr- my friends who know who they are, you're like me. It's one of those things where if I'm drinking today, I'll eat when it's over. And my wife goes, <laughs> what? I go, the ride. Yeah. When the ride's over, that's when I'm going to eat. I'm, I was in a Bloody Mary contest once. We did burn-ins, barbecue sauce in the mix. <laughs> It was it was quite a thing. It was a thing. I didn't feel great about it. <laughs> it didn't feel great about. It. <laughs> is it because you knew you were kind of like selling out to big to to big uh, Bloody Mary? Oh yeah. This this stupid trend. Well, it was a barbecue contest. With All right. Drinks. And well, they're huge in Canada. Although they're called Caesars. They're called Caesars. Well, but, the, but there's clam juice in those. Oh, yeah. Is that? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know the death. It's Clamato. To me, it's all the same. A, a, a Caesar is made with Clamato. Is it Bud Light Clamato or just Clamato? No, no. just Clamato. Dude, okay. I will only take a Caesar from Pat Cleary. Pat, Pat Cleary and his friends know how to make a drink. Anyone else, you put clam juice near me, I'm going to slap that on the floor, you in the mouth. Yep. Done. I'll get escorted out of a restaurant. I spent a year of my life pushing tall boy Bud Light Clamatos. Put that out there. So I know a lot about this product. If you ever want to talk Jesus about Christ. it, <laughs> you have you've tried to huck every terrible product on earth, haven't you? Natty, daddy, natty, daddy. Oh my god, that's oh. right. You were on the ad team for Natty, daddy. I was on the value brands. The value brands. 
I'm guys. I'm literally. I'm at the store the other day, and they're selling the nine ninety nine fifteen packs of Natty Daddy. And I take a picture and I put it in our group chat. And Iman goes, "Don't do it. For the love of God, don't do it." It, just, it tastes like metal chemical. Well, that's it, right? Like I remember at one point you and Mark drinking Molson ices at a tailgate, and then you just looking at Mark and going, "I think these chemicals are killing us. <laughs> they're literally killing us." We have had some fucking fun. Cheers. Cheers. I'll drink to that. So, guys, OTAs are here. And, Iman, you're about as agnostic as I am towards any of this bullshit. Yeah, I have no interest whatsoever in anything people are talking about right now. Chris. When it comes to football. Chris, give me a storyline that matters. Easy. First time ever. Ever. Games one and two of the Eastern and Western Conference Finals will go to overtime. <laughs> that's He's not story. even talking about OTAs. <laughs> yeah, that's the story I got for you. And, and here's who I feel bad for. This is where, having the platform we do, the podcast we do, this shit's fun. I look at some of these guys who are out there trying to have some very serious conversations yeah. about football right now because they have to. They're con- either contractually obligated or because that's their thing. It's what they do. There's it's, so much air to fill. It, well, exactly. It's summertime. There's a, <laughs> summertime and living's easy. That's it. We're all outside. No one's paying attention to the fucking... No one's paying attention to football right now. The handful of people that are... I think the thing that probably highlighted the most, that the average human being doesn't give a shit about this thing that we've all made our hobby... Is that video that, uh, whose social media team was it where they kept going up to crowds of people and asking them, like, whose logo is this? The Tennessee Oilers. (laughs) The Tennessee Oilers for their, for their schedule release. And they called the Falcons the Red Stallions. The ladies did. And so then the next day, the Falcons changed their official Twitter handle to the Red Stallions for a day because it was funny. What was it? Uh, someone called the, the Jaguars logo Chester Cheeto. Yeah. The ones uh, of the Browns were the generic football logo. Yeah, the uh, the um, the Colts. Somebody called them the Cowboys yep. twice. It's a twice. Horse, twice. Two different occasions because it's a divisional opponent. And and then the best part was they go, oh, that's not real. <laughs> that, that one's not a real football <laughs> team. It's like holy shit, people! You don't even. We are a weird corner of the universe that is not reflective of the whole of society. No matter how, even though it's the most dominant sport on earth, that should tell you how little anyone gives a shit about this stuff. Everyone else is out there right now living their best lives. It's summertime. And yet there are football people forced to sit in front of microphones and talk about bullshit that doesn't matter simply to, what, 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 Chris, what do you call it? Self-preservation? Maintain their job? Uh... Yeah. Hold their place and like, I don't envy those people. No, unless you're in a sports trivia team. It reminds me of that. Uh, Artie Lang said it once. He was just like, you know who gets laid less than fat guys? Serious fat guys. Stump. Man, do I feel sorry for those pricks. <laughs> Stump the Schwab. <laughs> Fans are, are paying attention right now. So with that, we enter what is the worst part of this season, right? Like, I'm already seeing nonsense from these other teams. I went to Pro Football Talk today just to see, did anything notable happen? First article I see, Bryce Young's command is 10 of 10, according to Rich Frank Reich. Of course you're going to say that about a rookie who you need to be your starter. Oh, he looks amazing. Tua Tungavailoa was the man, Yeah. right? Or actually, Chris, didn't he suck in the preseason? 
He might have. <laughs> Remember how good Rob Johnson was in, in this time of the year? Remember all the time we spent talking about... Dude, guys, think back just to the last seven years of this podcast. How much shit did we talk about, Chris, at the very beginning? Summer topics that didn't actually end up mattering. I think summer topics is where uh, Seagram's bets got started. Yes. Guys, do you want to go down that road? Do you want to end up making Seagram's bets and giving all of your friends diabetes? I don't think so. Stay away from stay away from summertime content. Yeah, this healthcare system ain't, ain't going to support you. <laughs> this healthcare system. <laughs> no. It really is tough. Like it's tough to figure out what actually matters and what doesn't. Right? Like I'm sitting here thinking about this and I, I look at what people are already talking about. I see people already trying to debate Khalil Shakir versus Deontay Hardy and I go they paid Hardy a two-year deal, which is essentially a one-year deal. But they gave him a lot of money, which means they probably are banking on him not being injured because he was an all-pro previously in his career. Maybe you figure that out again. It's because people play video games like Madden and they need to rank their receivers. And, uh, they get bored. They so like, oh, Khalil Shakir better be that. Be- better? Who are you talking to? Yeah. He better do something. Or else what? You'll stand outside and shake your fist <laughs> at the sky and go, damn you, Brandon Bean. And you know what? He will, he will go to sleep on a velvet pillow. Yeah. Chris, what would you, if you were a billionaire? Or nah, he's not a billionaire. Let's say you had $5 million in the bank. What kind of a pillow are you sleeping on? Obviously, the ones from Mike Lindell. So, if he wants to sponsor us. in my eye. <laughs> Holy shit. My pillow from Mike Lindell. I just laughed directly into my drink. <laughs> Damn it, conservative Chris. <laughs> oh, it burns. All right. So, Iman, multimillionaire, what kind of pillow? I actually worked on the competitor to Lindell in 2002 <laughs> called... Oh, God, what the hell was it called? you're the most interesting man It in had this little section to hold your neck in place to hold your chiropractic adjustments in place. Uh, it was called Exclusively Yours. That's what it was called. Because <laughs> I had to write articles about this thing. So anyway, I'd probably just invest in Exclusively Yours and go against Chris and see uh, who can know Fox News the most. Or I'm sorry, Newsmax now. <laughs> Newsmax? That's, that's where we're at. You know what I'm going to do? I would go to Walmart. I would find the cheap, cheap memory foam pillows, and I would buy hundreds of them. And then, what, are you going to put them on eBay? or I'd put the, no, the whole bed would just be cheap memory foam <laughs> pillows. I would sleep, I would swim in those things like Uncle Scrooge in DuckTales. Do you remember how hot memory <laughs> foam was when it came out? Oh, yeah. It was hot. It was like waterbed and then that. I have one, right, that I bought when we bought our bed five years ago when we bought our first house. And I paid almost $125 for that pillow. Does it still remember you to this day? No, that pillow is <laughs> rock hard. And out of principle, I will not replace it. But also, I keep thinking to myself, every time I stay at a hotel, I'm like, I don't have to live like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just poor in the soul. And I'm like, I'm not buying another pillow. I paid $130. I will die with this pillow because I paid $130 for it. Oh, we're garbage. I digress. There's nothing worth getting mad about or arguing about on social media or even debating. I don't care about any of it. There are a few things during OTAs that might actually be worth paying attention to. 
And I'm going to let someone far smarter than me tell me about it. Like, we have to watch it play out, right? First of all, team health, yeah. which is we're going to sit down later in the week. You're going to hear this podcast where we sit down with Kyle Trimble, Dr. Kyle Trimble, excuse me, from bangedupbills.com, where he's going to go through the injuries of note heading into the offseason program. Otherwise, besides that, maybe the linebackers, maybe, just maybe who they slot like, hey, this guy's going to work out with the first team, this guy's going to work out with second team, might give you an idea as to where these guys might be in the pecking order ahead of training camp, right? Yeah. It's really one of the only positions that's still up for question. Yep. And even then, they're not hitting each other. They're not playing. They're not doing anything. So I don't know what you could take away from that. It's just, hey, who's your guy? Pick a horse. Did that guy get first team reps? Or do they let all of them work out there? It wasn't that long ago we waited for the NFL schedule in the newspaper a couple days after it was released. And now here we are. Chris, remember we did a live, like we did a night of schedule reaction. Oh, uh, when was that? We didn't do anything schedule related until like two years ago. I know, but I'm talking about this year. We yeah. did a schedule release show. Iman used to have to wait for the fucking paper. <laughs> That's how old he is. Yeah, if the game was after if those West Coast games just had an N by them. <laughs> so if you ran a, I ran a fantasy league in high school, and I have to wait like two days to get my stats on the Chargers, Marion Butts, <laughs> Marion Butts rushing average. Put that in my chart. Chris, imagine playing fantasy football and not getting up to the minute stats. Yeah, Wednesday we'd have our results. That sounds like a damn nightmare. Yeah. I got in trouble for having running a league too that was illegal or something. Wait, what? Yeah, I got in trouble with the school because. Wait, how old are you? Tenth uh, grade. Breaking the law, breaking yeah. the law, breaking the law. They didn't have the internet, man. I had the board game called Fantasy Football, and it taught you how to run a fantasy league. Guys, put that up there with VHS bills. Yeah, from our conversation last week, like there's a lot of old school shit out there that ruled. Yeah, he's one of the best accounts to, to follow. Chris, how many stuff. hours do you think he must, like, what must he have? Like, how does he have all this footage? People ask him for things, and 20 minutes later, he's got it. Chris, how did, how, as a producer, how does he have all this footage? Well, it's probably just simple uh, recording through VHS, and then I'm going to assume the guy listens to Fox News because they shell out that ad to get all your stuff digitized. Oh, so okay. I'm sure he uses <laughs> uses that product to digitize everything that he puts out on uh, and gets everything uploaded to his massive, you know, probably external hard drive that he has with everything. I would probably be more interested in the commercials that ran in <laughs> in yes. between for those games. Dude, don't get me wrong. Old hey, school. look at this 1990 Chevy S10 truck. $8,000 off the lot. I'll I, take two. I'll buy two in cash <laughs> right now and crash them into each other in front of your house. Uh, no, no. Discontinued Foods is my connection to the 90s. Guys, follow him on Twitter, Discontinued Foods. It really does bring back so many memories. When they ran their series on the Zima commercials, yeah. 
You can remember where you were, whether you were an adult, a young man, a child, and you saw those stupid commercials. Remember the grilling one? Yes. There's a swordfish thrown on there for an, or a giant salmon for yeah. no, but skin on, not gutted. They just throw it on the grill. Yeah. There's eight different proteins going to the grill at one time. It's overcrowded. I think that was near the end of their life, like because they were super popular when I was in high school. And it was that you dropped a Jolly Rancher. It was 93, 94, 95. You dropped a Jolly Rancher in your Zima, and that's how you enjoyed it the best. Sour Apple was the was the rancher to have. And then... Oh, my God. It, we all kind of... Then Smirnoff came out and just destroyed them. And so they came out with... like They were trying to be irreverent, cool, funny, instead of being classy. Because they thought they were going to be classy. Then it was all like high school kids who was drinking it. Because... <laughs> Isn't that where all those drinks go? Like like Seagr- Look at Seagram's started off with Bruce Willis playing a harmonica and then also in a separate commercial trying to fool us into believing you could have a threesome if you drink Seagram's. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's me and Chris pounding them during a podcast. This is yeah. where you've gone, Seagram's. Mm-hmm. But it's not where you've gone. It's where you always were. Yes. <laughs> it's where you always were. So with that in mind, there's so much out there. Like nostalgia is great. I love it. All of this is more interesting than Bill's OTAs. I guess we just have to bring him a Bill's News update. Chris, you want to hit me with that sounder? Not prepared. Calm no. his pants down. Because I didn't know that that thing was coming that we're doing a news update. No, you know, I sent the notes. <laughs> For a producer as crabby as Chris, guys, I love breaking on the fourth wall. For someone who's as crabby as Chris, the fact that it's in the notes and he just doesn't He's like, well, I didn't know we were doing that. It's like, well, it's in there. <laughs> Iman, first of all, the Bills re-sign Dean Marlowe. That's good. That's a great... Listen, if we're going to talk Bob. about shit that matters, that's great, Bob. <laughs> Not great, Bob. <laughs> you were talking about that in our group chat today. It has become a staple of the podcast. Um, this is what I'll say. You go to our lads, look at the Bills roster. Okay. I want to look at this here. I'll even turn it towards you. Here's what we're looking at. Chris, I don't know if you want to put a screenshot on this on the people for YouTube. But so when you look at our defense, you go to ourlads.com. You look at the Buffalo Bills makeup at safety. Poyer and Hyde, obviously, are your starters. We're lucky to have Poyer back. Right? Mm-hmm. Jamar Hamlin. Yeah. Great. He's back. Yep. As a starter... Hamlin was a guy who you're like, this is a guy who's not a, he, he shows upside, but he needs to learn. He needs time on task. Yep. Not a perfect starter. He was a lot of chasing. Chasing. And then Taylor Rapp. Yep. Which was one of the, I want to say, more underrated signings. That's, that was a huge, that's the stuff, that's the kind of player we don't have or haven't had. And when you talk to player, not players, but content creators from LA, the thing they always said about Rap and his career there was this idea that he was more like, um, who's the, oh my God, the name's on the tip of my tongue. Safety the Cowboys drafted in the first round. And yet he kind of just became, uh, Mark Barron. Oh. He yeah. was a Mark Barron type guy who he was he wasn't great in deep coverage. He was better when you just let him work the box mm-hmm. and you let him be an in the box safety and in the box physical presence. He and, was drafted by Tampa. Yeah, Mark he said Barron. Dallas. Oh, uh, okay. So drafted there, played in Dallas. When you look at where he did Dallas, not play in Dallas. Wait, Mark Barron didn't play in Dallas. No, 
Tampa. Okay, so then St. Dallas, Louis with Iman. Okay, so yeah, the I remember not, that. Pittsburgh and so Denver. So then not Mark Barron. Who was the safety they drafted in the first round? First round draft pick by the Dallas Cowboys at I'll look safety. It up. What I know is you go on to never be more than a like a hey a linebacker backup because you're too small. Mm-hmm. With that in mind, it's kind of that type of pick, right? It's Mark Barron. It's the, I can't like I said I can't Chris. It's a long time ago. You got to go back into like the mid two thousands. All right, I'll keep going. So, with that in mind, bringing in Dean Marlowe back into the fold, you're talking about a guy who has the ability to, I don't know, be your, like, he's your bar now. Yeah. If he's the worst guy, worst guy on the roster. It's not Roy Williams, is it? No. Terrence Newman. Baron is the kind of guy you're trying to talk about. Baron's the guy I'm talking about, but I'm wondering if I'm not thinking of the Cowboys because they did it with DeMonte Kaze when he failed out of Atlanta, who was kind of drafted to be the same guy. I don't know why I have the I just I see a Cowboys safety. And I don't know if maybe they didn't draft him, but maybe he was like a, a priority free agent. Call in if you know. I don't know. There's for some reason I I have the Cowboys in my head when I'm talking about this. But you've got a safety who Box presence, he's important. He's t- Taylor Rapp is going to. There's a reason he was done early. Yeah, he's going to be very important to how they make up for the loss of Tremaine Edmonds. But behind him, it's your two starters. This guy who they brought in for auxiliary purposes <laughs> to kind of augment the loss of a pure middle linebacker. And now, what do you make your backup with? Because Taylor Rapp needs a spot. Saran Neal needs a spot. He's your special teams ace. Him and Reggie Gilliam, they're both going to make the roster. So now you're talking about, do I want my last safety? Like, let's say we keep five because of the fact that we don't know the middle linebacker thing's fluid. Let's say we decide to keep five. Who do you like more for that position? Uh, Jared Maiden. No one knows who he is. Zane Anderson. San Francisco. I don't know. Like, no, I don't know whatever. what's happening. What, whatever. Or would you rather have a guy who's played multiple games for the Buffalo Bills in our system, will get to spend the whole offseason here, and has proven that he plays well in Sean McDermott's defense? And he was also glad to get out of Atlanta and yeah, get back to Buffalo. He was happy like to Chris. be here. Yeah. Wouldn't it be? Just like Chris. Chris was happy to leave Atlanta and come back to Buffalo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, isn't it, like, that's an A-plus signing, considering it can't have been for much. Yeah, you know what you got. <clears throat> and I think that in the way that the room is made up, when you look at his PFF stats, you try to look at his entire career, there's nothing glaring here. Like, you go year over year, his coverage grades, like, if that's what you want him for, his coverage, he's never been a gross liability. He's never been a standout, which is why you got him for the money that conceivably you got him for. Was he drafted by Carolina? Who? Marlo? Dean Marlowe. God, if he was, it was a late round. Chris, give it a goog. Yeah, what's what's his history there? Because look at that. He, he's got green numbers to start. and then it's Yeah, Carolina. Yeah. So he was drafted 
<clears throat> so he was good in coverage. Oh, well, he's undrafted. Oh, Signed undrafted. with Carolina. And then was a good tackler. Did say James Madison? Yeah. Oh, okay. James, him and uh, uh, Chris, I'll give you $5 if you can name the other Bills player from James Madison. I don't even in care. The last, in the last 20 you'd years. Have to, you'd have to ramp up that. Arthur Motes! That's right. Arthur Motes from James Madison University. Suck at Trebek. So... <laughs> With that in mind, this is a it's a great signing. We should all celebrate this because what you're doing is you now just gave a like if that's the worst guy in like break class in case of emergency, he's better than Jaquan Johnson would have been. It's bottom up. That's it. Your base now Demar Hamlin might be the low point of your safety group. I'll take that. Yeah. Compared to where we were a month or two ago where we were worried you know, before March, before we kept Jordan Boyer. The conversation was, hey, we have a whole group of safeties on this roster with no NFL experience. There was a lot of airtime spent on that. I don't know where it went. Now, it's, it's all gone. It's it's su- it sucked years out of my life that I'll never get back. I, I'm the one who sat here and talked about it, and it's all gone. And, it's like, and this is where I feel like OTA is just this stuff, the mini camp Rachel conversation. Rachel Bush controversy. Rachel Bush. Yulberg, calm down. <laughs> calm down. Don't, don't fight, Mark. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Everyone, like this is why we almost like for as much as we need to suck every bit out of summer we can. Mm-hmm. As a football fan, I just need this to be over. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There is one more interesting story related to the Bills, and I felt that you were the right person to have this conversation with. All right. The switch of concessions and basically services to the stadium from Delaware North to Legends, Inc. Mm-hmm. Legends Brands, Inc. Let's talk about this, guys. First of all, tough week for the Jacobs family, huh? Yep. Like you're you're you own a stand, you own the team that broke the record for the most points in a single hockey season, and then your team gets bounced in the first round, and then look less than a few days later, you find out your company that's been doing business with a professional sports team for thirty years is out of the picture. It's like there's no loyalty in big business. I don't know. <laughs> I like how, Chris. I like how he like doesn't yell. And he doesn't say, he's just like, well, I don't know, there's no loyalty here. I don't know. He needs to yell. He needs We're to as high as we go over here. Uh, I'll get there one of these days. One of these we'll, days. We'll hit the topic. No, one of these days I'll get Iman fired up about something, because I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen him get hot 
but only once. I've never actually seen you yell about anything. Okay. That's good. I'm doing a good job. <laughs> you guess you're doing a good job of just being a human being, not scream. <laughs> Chris, is that a bad thing that I look at people and I go, I've never seen you just screaming in public for no reason? It's a good shot that they could be a serial killer. I mean, I do that. I mean, look at the I, the guy that killed all those people in Idaho. I don't know what you're talking about. And that's that's a depressing topic. I don't want to bring into a football podcast. <laughs> it's depressing enough. We've got to talk about the Jacobs taking a shovel to the face. Here's what I like. Okay. According to the the athletic article about the changeover, the chief op, chief chief. See, I just did it. Chief, mm-hmm. The chief operating officer, Ron Rakuya, for the Buffalo Bills, broke the news to Delaware North's reps over breakfast. Now, Iman. <laughs> Were they having the breakfast in person? <laughs> yeah, in person. Ooh. Now, here's a question. Iman, he's a person who owns a marketing business. Yeah. Who is just like you have a lot of life experience. If there was a meal of the day that you would prefer to be fired over, would it be breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Lunch. Lunch? <laughs> so you can just go to the bar after. You can't go to the bar after breakfast? That's weird because... You, you don't want to get there when it starts. Yeah. I Don't you, though? I did work on a project. We uh, They called us in at 7 a.m. on a Thursday to get the results like on this RFP. And they were like, we decided not to go with you. It was a five-minute call, 7 a.m. I still hate this company to this day <laughs> over that. <laughs> so there's like eight of us in a room. Like, it's 710. What do we do now? This sucks. <laughs> well, we're all jobless now, so let's uh, let's get a bottle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the bars don't open for eight more hours. <laughs> Chris, what would you do if you were fired first thing in the morning? I don't think I've ever been fired first thing in the morning. I have been fired in the afternoon before. I think it was my last job that I had, and I knocked over whatever I made in the morning went with my with my bag when I left, and I just went, oops, sorry. Those are probably bad anyway. See, you're, see, you're the reason security escorts people out of buildings. Me, personally... Well, the best part about that was, um, so I had to have, I had a uniform. You know how they have those uniform companies? Yeah. Cintus. So, yes. Oh, I remember this. Yes. So this was, oh my God. this was an idea. You love it. This was an idea from, that came from Jessica. But, uh, I was, I, when I had gotten fired, they were like, you can bring back your uniforms at any time. And then like two weeks went by and, the owner called me and said, uh, are you going to bring back those those uniforms? You said any time. Yeah. I, Norm said I can bring them back any time. And then she started to, to say something that was not okay. Gotcha. Thanks. Okay, bye. And I go, oh, Stephanie, shut up. If you want these, you can come get them. Norm said any time, so any time I'm in Wheatfield and I happen to have my uniform, I will bring them to you. Other than that, if you want them, you can come down to South Buffalo and get them. And then she goes, all right, well, what's your address? I go, I worked for you. You already have that information. <laughs> so she was going to set up 
somebody to come get them. They never did. But Jessica said, you should put glitter in all of the pockets. Because it's a company, and it just it goes it goes into a big laundry pile. So then it's just glitter everywhere. But they never came and got them, and I ended up throwing out all of those clothes. Ah, damn! They See? never got them. No, it was it was a priority for them. And for I like, like two that, weeks. And I like that Chris stood his ground. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I'm proud of you for not kidding. All right, we'll come get you. we'll come get him. Where do you live? I work for you. I gave you my address. <laughs> that's a shitbag company. Like, that's the thing. You know when a company sucks, when they go, hey, tell us where you lived. We've only been paying you for two and a half years. Yeah. Kiss my ass. That, like, whenever you bring up the, um, oh, win the Powerball, I would buy up every billboard in Wheatfield around that company to let everyone know that that company sucks. <laughs> That's what I would do with endless amounts of money, would be buying up all those billboards in Wheatfield. It's very on-brand. That's it's very on-brand for our podcast. I got I got fired by mail once at Marshall <laughs> University. I, I was work-studying, making 30 bucks a week at the library. I get a letter in the mail saying I'm being fired for XYZ, stuff, <laughs> stuff I didn't do. And I go in the next day, I'm like, why am I being fired? Like, oh, you're not the African kid. <laughs> That's what they said to me. They, <laughs> they saw my name and thought I was the African kid and just fired me by mail. <laughs> not, make, not making this up. Oh, my God. It's for cocktail. What are, we, what are we doing here? I got fired once as an adult professional, and I'll tell you how it happened. Well, actually, no, that's not true. I got, well, what you consider adult. I got fired from the world of collections. They demoted me to the dialer team, which is basically an <laughs> auto dialer runs, and you just sit there like a moron with a headset on, waiting to talk to a person. And it's they, it was me and a bunch of 60-year-olds. I'm like 23 and hungover every day. And I remember having the conversation with my father earlier in the day. My dad called me just to be like, are you still doing this dialer nonsense? <laughs> go get a real job. And I go, Dad, I'm shocked they haven't fired me. I go, at this point, I'm just waiting to see how far I can push this. <laughs> and they keep signing my paychecks. And sure enough, like four hours later, they come get me. And they're like, hey, Drew, we want to talk to you. No shit. We go into the office. They sit down. It's my, my direct supervisor. And then, like, the guy who runs the site. And he goes, listen. It's like, now we're talking, it's probably like 2010, no, 2009. No, no, it was pre-2009 because that's when I started working with the bank. So this is like 2008. <laughs> this is the recession. He goes, times are really lean. Things are tough. Money's hard to come by. And, you know, obviously collections is a big thing. We all love you. We, we all think that you're hilarious and we like this stuff. I looked at him and I go, Richie, am I fired or what? Well, we're all a family here. So. <laughs> he laughed and shoved the paperwork across the desk at me. And I signed it and I go, you guys got to be fucking kidding me. I got drinking to do. You you are cutting into my time. So, like, when when Delaware <laughs> North gets fired, do they have to finish eating or is it the, like, what? How do you picture that meal going down, Chris? Delaware North executives getting told that they're, do, do you save it for the end of the meal? Yeah. Like, hey, let's make small talk about your children. How does that feel knowing you're about to ax these people? Do you have any soul about it? it, Wait, this is is where I I, I start with it. What was the breakfast? 
what were they eating? Because that. Oh, if the guy. If, if I mean, the, can you imagine if, like, they're doing this over, like, oh, hey, we got a bunch of pancakes? <laughs> if you eat, like, more than two pancakes, you need a nap, like, 10 minutes after. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I hope it wasn't You're pancakes. You're too full to depression drink? <laughs> Oh my God! You're too full to just go get a beer because you're full of pancakes. <laughs> yeah, or did they have uh, Aaron Quinn breakfast sammies? I listen. Hey, Aaron Quinn makes a mean breakfast sandwich. I've seen him. I've had him. You guys have all seen him on Instagram, and if you haven't, go follow him. The man knows how to chef. What I will say is that if I get fired and I'm full, you ruined me. Because I now I can't even frustration drink. I actually have to go home and just <laughs> wait till I'm hungry again. So, with that said, like it is tough to see a local company get the boot like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like thirty years of history with this football team, and they get unceremoniously replaced. But I feel like it was almost a foregone conclusion when you think about who's replacing them. The storyline, it all makes sense, guys. Le- who's the who's the group that's from the very beginning? Everyone like got not everyone. Some people got their panties in a bunch when they found out that Jerry Jones's company, Legends Inc., was going to be helping the Bills with their feasibility studies and giving them their impact studies and doing all these things. I understand Jerry Jones. He is like he's he's the vampire from that like underworld movie series like he sees the vampire at the end of it he's alive by sucking the blood out of the living Mm -hmm. with that in mind i will say that like it was kind of a foregone conclusion when you consider what happened in la right like in la dean spanos and mark davis had the what they thought were the votes, and they had a viable proposal to build an L.A. stadium that would host AFC teams. And we're going to share the city of L.A., and it's going to be nice, and we're going to have a state-of-the-art stadium, and everything's great. If you guys go to e- uh, Seth Wickersham, had the blockbuster report <clears throat> for ESPN about how it all went down and how your St. Louis yep. <laughs> found itself bereft of a football team because it turns out Jerry Jones approached Dean Spanos and said, hey, listen, I'll help you grease the wheels to this thing. I'll help get it in the garage. I'll get you the votes you need for the relocation. You just got to promise me that my company, Legends Inc., can get in there and help provide concessions, that we can get in there and we can do the maintenance, that we can do this so that I can wet my beak a little bit and I'll make it worth your while and I'll make sure you get this thing home. Multiple revenue streams. Very to, smart. To which Dean Spanos said, I don't need your help, Jerry. Basically gave him the finger. Well, Jerry Jones then went to Stan Kroenke, who had already bought land in Inglewood, and said, hey, what if I help you get this? Mm-hmm. You already bought that land in Inglewood. I know you're thinking about it. What if I could make your dream a reality? It was just an investment opportunity is what I heard on the St. Louis News. Of course. It's just an investment opportunity. Just, in St. How was it pitched in St. Louis, that was, right? That was all it was. It was just an investment. He just wanted some land out there in Inglewood. That Meanwhile, like, those two fucking ghouls could be are anything. behind closed doors going, we're going to fuck over St. Louis, and then we're going to fuck <laughs> over Dean Spanos. And the whole time Jerry Jones is looking at it going, I just want to make a little bit of extra revenue. Yeah. Mark, Bal- extra Mark Bulger's out there trying to win games <laughs> for the Rams. And- <laughs> exactly. 
And so now this all happens. And they find a way to circumvent Dean Spanos. Mm-hmm. And now Stan Kroenke and the Rams own the stadium in L.A. And they have the Chargers as tenants. Yeah. Dean Spanos has been reduced to nothing because he would not play ball with Jerry Jones. I think after that fiasco, every NFL owner took note. Jerry Jones is not a guy you fuck with, especially not a very new owner like Terry Pagula. Yeah. So when Jerry Jones approaches you and says, hey, I'm go- I have the company. I have the know-how. I understand the league. And also, I kind of secretly run this thing behind the scenes. I have the power. I'm He's uh, Frank Underwood from mm-hmm. House of Cards. That's who Jerry Jones yeah. is for the NFL owners. Yep. He's Frank Underwood. You want that guy in your team more than you want him your enemy. And if he comes to you and says, hey, I'll help you get what you want, but you owe me, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. So... One of the things that's heartbreaking about that article is to hear the CEO of Delaware North talking about how I just really hope that it was a truly transparent and fair process. He knows it wasn't. Yeah, that's why I know it wasn't. And I'm sitting right here. And on one hand, it does allay certain fears. Like, everyone was like, well, Kathy Hochul only greenlit the Bills thing because her husband works for Delaware North. Well, guess what? Now that's out of the equation. But isn't this just a different type of nepotism? Yeah. Like, this is nepotism that's built into what the NFL is. Our world is just different forms of nepotism. That's it. And rich people running everything. How can we have a good time while the rich people run everything? I don't know. And that's it. And it's like, literally, I've gotten done getting mad about it. I just know that if I'm I'm ever one of them, rather than try to sit on the throne, I'm going to burn it down. (laughs) I'm going to be the worst rich person ever. It's going to be horrific. That's why they won't let you. That's why they, they won't, won't let, let you. There's a conspiracy of Powerball. They're like, oh, that guy? No, fuck him. He's dangerous. It's only homeless people who win the Powerball. <laughs> and then they have no money skills. Because I see it on that TLC and Discovery Channel shows all the time. Uh, so, with that in mind, Delaware North is out. But I don't think a lot of fans are mad. Chris, the stadium food has been shit. Yeah. I've never eaten anything at that stadium. You could see it on social media over the past year, even. Someone goes, hey, I paid $18 for pizza and wings. It's supposed to be a slice of Lenovo pizza and five wings. The wings, Chris, like, I get better wings from not only my local butcher shop, but also from Walmart, from the freezer section. And the pizza looked like, I think the piece of pizza had like four pepperonis on it. What was it? They said they don't have enough cheese and pepperoni to put on the pizzas, so they stretch it out. And like, that's a huge issue. I go back to that 92-page stadium report that you and I did a whole show on last year, Chris. Yeah. And they said there are no kitchens inside of the stadium. Because people just want hot dogs and beer. Everything in just gets, everything gets made off site and trucked in. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. You can't live like that. Not in 2023 when you're charging what you charge to attend a football game. Mm-hmm. When you're charging what you do for concessions. Yeah. That's crazy to me. It's wild. Yeah. Now, obviously, with this switch, you assume the quality of food will get better. Now, some of that's not Delaware North's fault. Some of it is the lack of kitchens in the actual stadium. There were none. They had to truck all the food in. In the new stadium, they will build kitchens. So maybe Delaware North could have done a better job if they were given the, you know what I mean? That's like yeah. get, that's like getting fired when your boss gives you half the tools you need to do yeah. the job. Yeah, you could see the struggle. And 
I think the Oakland A's is the only stadium I've seen kind of run the same way because they're all that that same era where they just have hot boxes where they can not for much longer. Yeah. <laughs> not for oh, much yeah. longer. I forgot about that. They're moving too. Yeah. So we get to keep our football team. It's just they're recognizing we need to do different. Mm-hmm. Now they're forced to go a different direction with a different company. You assume things will get better, right? Mm-hmm. But at what cost? Think about what things already cost at the stadium. Well, you took did you did you take that season ticket holder survey? Full of those questions. Yeah. Of do you buy food? Why don't you? Why do you? What it, it was all about that. And this is what I think is guys, we talked about it a little bit a week or two ago in our stadium show. This is just another offshoot of the conversation. This is about capturing revenue. Yep. This is a business. And you know who's a direct enemy of the business of selling stadium concessions, Chris? We who's are. that? Uh, we are. Yeah. Tailgating. Nice. Grills Mafia, right there. Yeah. Grills Mafia is a direct competitor to what goes on in the stadium. Your face is on a dartboard. Well, it's a problem. On Bill's Drive right now. It's a problem if you think about it in terms of we provide food. We provide mm-hmm. beverages. We do these things. People come here and have a good time. And then they go in the stadium and they buy water bottles. Yeah. Because maybe we overserved them <laughs> and overfed them <laughs> a little bit. And nobody, like, if you're trying to capture revenue and really make this you're really trying to capitalize on your investment as New York State into this. We talked about it. Zoning rights are changing. Tailgating is potentially going to change in Western New York. <clears throat> the mudlot's already for sale. Yep. Life is going to change. They're, like Tailgating is important, and I think that it's tough to watch this transition knowing that Sure, they might improve what goes on in there, but they're going to also what they're going to do is say, we know that this is a very vibrant tailgating community. And while we don't want you to stop tailgating, because we know that that's part of the fan experience, we also kind of don't want you just eating outside and co- we want your money. We need that revenue. But I will say they're going to attract a different person to the stadium now. That's like, our crew is never going to change. No. The people who already go and do what we do, the mindset is not changing, but they're going to attract people who are probably have more money to spend, don't care, and will spend $12 on a taco, $14 on a, on a blue light, and be just fine in a comfortable bar inside the stadium. I, I think there's, I don't think it's going to be black and white. I think it's going to be that gray area where they may be at, buy that lot, which is why it's for sale, and we have to pay $60 to park there. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be some nickel and diamond on us is what I see. And and that bothers me just in terms of what I think this should be. Like, this is what I think. I think thousands of people on a weekly basis tailgate, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on the lot, you can find your flavor of experience. You can figure out what you want your day to be. There's a listener in New Jersey right now. He's got two daughters who I had, I had the luxury of getting to meet. Nick, I love you. I love your kids. I love the fact that I've, I, with the help of my friends, have created a tailgate atmosphere where you can bring your children to the next game you guys attend and you can have some gourmet, high end cooked eats. There's booze. There's other Bills fans there. And 
it's a good time. It's and a everything's made with, everything's made with nitro gloves, safe. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unlike everybody else who seems to be cooking on Instagram and Facebook, we use fucking gloves. I do it because he he grounded into my head. Every now and again, I'll do. Ch- I'm not gonna lie, Justin Yulberg has seen this. I will do chicken thighs with no gloves oh, and have Jesus. him send a video to Iman just because I know it makes him queasy. That sound. <laughs> he goes, I can hear you gloveless. The touching. skin on skin. <laughs> oh, skin on flesh. The goo. So with that in mind, everyone has their own, like, like that's what's made this thing work, right? And then I think to myself, I go, what about tradition and things changing? Well, I don't know. Think about where we are in the mud lot right now. Mm-hmm. Chris, do you you're you're you've been along longer than Iman. Yeah. Do you remember the old guys who used to park next to us with the Bills helmets on their truck? No. They play poker every morning. Oh yeah, I know the, the, the guy with the with the minivan. Four, yeah, with the minivan. Yeah. Okay. Maybe our, someday they'll take driving lessons, but our spot. Used to be their spot. We used to park on the other side of them when it was just one truck. Yeah. Slowly the tailgate got bigger. Now these are four gentlemen in their late sixties now, who have been well. Some of them are in their early sixties, but they're all in their sixties. They've been season ticket holders since the eighties. They've done this forever. Eighty six is what he told me. And so when we started tailgating next to them, they loved us because they go, look at these young assholes. Like every morning we would see them and they'd be out there. They'd have their table set, their tarp up, tent set. They'd have food going, a fire pit, and they'd be playing poker. And that's what they did. That was their tradition. This is where we park and this is what we do. And they watched us just be messes next to them for the better part of a decade. And then as we got older and I started beating them to the parking lot. They started asking me, "Hey Drew, where do you want to? Where do you need us to park? What do you want to do?" The, the the one guy works for a local beverage distributor, and the one time he was like, "Hey, if you guys are going to be parked here, we're going to bring the big wigs over because we want to show off the fact that we all drink." What? I don't care. They had. It was almost like he recognized the writing was on the wall over time, but what he didn't realize is we were taking notes from him, or at least I was. The way I had built this tailgate was through the idea that there's tradition. There's th- it's a ritual. It's ritualistic to me. It's, I've, I've said this a million times. It's like church for me. Mm-hmm. The, the act of tailgating and going to a football game. I'm a better person over the course of the next week because I have this thing. Because mm-hmm. I get to see the people I get to see. I, yeah. I, I get to, I don't know, I'm just full of appreciation over the course of a, an entire week. So with that in mind, these guys watched that happen. They watched that growth, and never once did they step in and be like, hey, this is our spot. Hey, you guys are encroaching on what we do. In fact, instead, how many times have they parked across the lot? Yeah. And they still come over every single time to say hi, talk to us, have a little bit of the food, see what we're doing. Yep. How much of that was like a passing the torch kind of a thing. Like, yeah, because when I first started tailgating with you is when they were still there and then I saw, I was like, why aren't they parking here anymore? And they were getting there a little later and just coming by as more casual form instead of as serious. And they, But they love the fact that what they have been holding down without consequence that never mattered. Now, this 
it's it's a thing. There's sixty mm-hmm. there's sixty people there. <laughs> yeah. And they started that. And I can't wait to tell them that when I see them again this season. It's just to tell them you don't know how important you are to what has been tailgating. And you've brought me friends. You've built a. You were the, actually the the rock that my church was built on. Mm-hmm. This foundation of friends and a community that's not just a bunch of podcast fans. It's a bunch of people who just want to show up in the same place, have a couple drinks, eat some great food, and get ready to watch a Bills game. Mm-hmm. I think that we do it better than most. Correct? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I think we definitely. do it better than most. Yeah, Chris. Yeah. So with that in mind, that's why this Grills Mafia tailgate series over the summer is important. Because it's outreach. It's showing people, look, there's a different way to be. Like, if you want to be a Bills fan, you want to show up and tailgate, that's fine. You do what you want to do. You want to light yourself on fire, jump through a table, great. You won't find those people hanging out with me because I don't have any patience for that. Like, I see that and I'm just, selfishly, I'm like, well, I hope that. I hope that ends poorly because I'm a bad person. So with that in mind, I think that these events that we're putting on over the course of this summer, again, it's trying to get people to understand that you can bring like, cause this is the next thing, right? Like this is mm-hmm. me trying to lay the foundation. You trying to lay the foundation for what comes next. Mm-hmm. It's getting people to appreciate that when the new stadium opens and, tailgating regulations change and things might happen things might get downsized whatever we'll still be here but these are going to be things you can bring your children to you can bring your elderly parents to if need be and you won't be pushed away in fact you're embraced because we like everybody who likes to be there yeah yeah like the bad apples just don't last very long they kind of they don't they phase themselves out because we don't have anything to offer because no one wants to talk to them (laughs) we don't suffer them We we don't suffer them and so in that way, this Grills Mafia series that we have lined up for the summer, Iman, yeah. it's, it's, it's on. It's only two <laughs> weeks away now. I know, the first one, two weeks away. Got an Oldsmobile full of Canadians coming down next weekend. <laughs> I think it'll low ride oh, again, yeah. the land yacht. I think we got four or five Canadians coming down, coming down Robin Street. Guys, it's, so, so correct the date? June 4th, Sunday. It's a, it's a game day Sunday. And that's also because we have Chef Valentina, and she works six days a week, and Sunday is her only day that she gets to not work. And she's coming to hang out? She's an, ex- she's an executive chef, and she's going to be cook- cooking with us. So where is this happening? Como Park, Lancaster. Shelter 2 by the Dog Park. Okay. Guys, what is it, 8 o'clock to what? We're, I'll probably get there 8. I'd say... Normal people, like... Normal, non-sickos? <laughs> 10 to 5. 10 to 5? Because I'm going to do a bunch of chicken, is what I'm going to do. I want to do, like, wings on the the Vortex. I'm going to do spatchcock chicken. Uh, Blake from Bill's Helmet Bar, he's still working on what he wants to do. Valentina's going to do authentic uh, Argentinian food. And this is, this is what we want to show you guys. We've put together a summer tailgate series. The first one is coming up here in two weeks. The idea is this. We want to show you guys that there are not just a bunch of heathens out here getting drunk, headbutting each other and lighting each other on fire. You can find everyone who's here at one of our tailgates, whether it's on Sundays here in the mud lot, 
scattered around. We're, we're trying to show you all that there is a different way to do this. Mm-hmm. And in that way, when you bring your kids, there's playgrounds, there's things. I want kids to grow up with this being normalized. That this is how you can tailgate. You can have a good time. You don't have to try to be super fan. You don't have to try to be a show off for Instagram. You can come to these events, have a good time, and eventually someday build your own. Learn how to cook. Branch off. Make your own traditions. But in the meantime, come eat, drink with us, hang out, have a lot of fun. Yeah, we're going to do a couple more. We're going to do uh, Delaware Park in J- uh, July 9th. And uh, 8.13, we're doing another one in Ellicott. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. You're doing July 9th? That's right. What, that's I'm going to assume that's an all day. All day, right? Yeah. Yeah. I might be able to make that. Oh. Ah. So that's Delaware Park. I sent off the check to the city today <laughs> because you have to mail it to them, and then they mail you back approval. Dude, that's, this is the world we live in here in Buffalo, New York. Guys, we're putting together, and then we're also talking about doing one, what, what like a way game? Yeah, we're going to try to do Gallagher Beach again. Gallagher Beach Park. Try to do, because that, that was just awesome. It was an amazing day, and the the playground's right there. People bring their kids. People came from all over the city. And it's, again, Gallagher Beach is accessible from North Town, South Towns, yeah. the city. It's a central location. I, I just, I love what we're putting together. I love the idea of this thing. We're going to have celebrity chefs throughout the course of the summer come in and cook alongside of us. Yep. Some of them are tailgaters themselves. Some of them are new to it. And we're going to get to show them the ropes of what actual tailgate cooking looks like. And then see if we get some of them executive chefs down to our tailgate in the mud lot. And that's Cooking it. with us. Get, get three it. cars. <laughs> three cars. Get three trucks. Sorry. It's, it's just fun. Well, you know what's funny? I, had to, I, I, t- I was talking to the guy, and when he gave me some static about the $5 buy-in fee this year, I told him, I go, do you know how many people come here and park? So he goes, no, I know. All right, I'll, I'm, not, I'm not asking for money from anybody. He goes, did they just tell me that they're here? And I go, that's right. You're fucking right. Because people show up here because of us. Yeah, that's why they're parking in that lot. And that's it, because it's the mud lot. Yeah, no. Yeah, if you don't, like, no one turns there if they know where they're going. Like they just come they just up. they just realize they can't get into the block. Dude, I've missed that turn like last season in the fog. I, That's how little it is. All I know is, is that we have a summer full of events ready to go. Reed Reed Ferguson, Bill's Long Snapper, owner of Grills Mafia. He's uh he's in like this is gonna be a fun summer of events. I hope to see you all out there. But for tonight, we I think we gotta get the hell out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta go to work. All right. Oh. I'm Drew Gear, that's Chris Kruger. It's Eman Azizi. This has been your Rock Pal Report. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.